begins now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I am Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, as usual, every week, um, without fail, um, welcome to the best political podcast in the country. Yeah, that's just what it is. The best. <laughs> no competition. Yeah. And politics, how can I get of course, guy. I mean, sometimes Nomboy took a down period, but I think uh, the situation's picked up a little bit. My demo, I attend It's getting hot on the ground. <laughs> Riot police again. Mangoaga Zara, uku uku kupak kunanziku Africa Unity Square and atota zaujika lunch swagana kanda katari swani ma police. Mangoaga ma police. Yeah, man, it was tough having my lunch. Folks just there with ah. their baton sticks and their helmets. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, the citizenry feel safer with their presence there. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, our police ever so friendly, you know, if you get lost and you need uh, directions or if you just want to have a lunch in the park, you know, they'll come and they'll <laughs> make it a lot more interesting for you. Yeah. So um, so today uh, we're discussing what... what we- we have, we have, um, like a little too, we have um, the NERA demo, um, uh, national election, um, um, the NERA demo. Um, why was that? What was going on there? Um, it just happened this afternoon, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, I think they, they sought police clearance the day before yesterday and it was approved. They were supposed to march to somewhere but i don't think they were given permission to do so so it just happened at uh what is i think it's known as freedom square the space behind um rainbow towers that's where they were gathered oh the square that uh zanu tried to rebrand robert mugabe square but it failed you see i think no wasn't that just for for the con conference congress what was it um oh really was it just for the congress i think so i think it was just that period where they called it um Robert Mugabe Square. Uh, I don't think it was ah. a permanent thing. Okay. So and um, then uh, moving on. Yeah, uh, we've got so narrow demos. Then we're going to talk about you know notable the individuals who are there, uh, some of the people who are absent. Uh, a lot of our politicians have been. Not a lot. A couple of our politicians have had uh, interviews on hard talk so we're going to talk about some of their performances there and um yeah then finish off with uh, just a r- my controversy my controversy my, co- my controversy um all right so straight into it the narrow demo um this was as a result of of um zec or the zimbabwe electoral commission and it's um, perceived lack of cooperation or, or just a bunch of things that we've probably spoken to, uh, about before in some, you know, at least superficially, um, you know, this biometric voter registration thing uh, seems to be a really big issue of contention. Um, and a number of articles have come out in the Heralds in Independent and uh, papers as well, uh, s- sort of talking about what's actually going on with this biometric uh, voter registration um, so I think the two real main issues right now that I've noticed is that, you know, there's been some sort of discrediting of biometric systems as a whole. Um, so this includes, you know, biometric voter registration. 
Um, over and above that, you're gonna you're gonna uh, have to also, you're gonna have to repeat just a little bit. Um, cause did, did I fall? Did I break up there? Yeah, you did. I was saying um, the real main issue is the the confusion and the conflagration that's really around electronic voter systems um, as the actual act of voting and the biometric voter registration, which is what we're having in Zimbabwe. So I've, I've noticed a couple of articles in you know, a notable states newspaper, um, which employs uh, <laughs> some, some of my friends. <laughs> um, about You can say about, my name, bro. You, you know, can say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I called you a friend. I think that's enough. Um, but yeah, they seem, they seem to want to have people believe that the problems that uh, you know are happening elsewhere in the world with biometric of with electronic voting are the same as biometric voting i don't know why they're putting these two issues together yeah so i, mean, I do know why <laughs> so um from what i gather and i will speak as a um employee of state media um first of all nera which nera which stands for national elect reform agenda uh, for those of you who don't know but we've spoken about it is just a bunch of pol- a bunch of opposition political parties that have come together and are pushing for electoral reforms uh, one of the things is this BVR issue but uh, from what I've gathered uh, BVR will not be um, used for the registration of voters this year um, the government took assumed the responsibility to buy the machines I think it was supposed to cost somewhere in the region of $50 million. Uh, but now it seems that the government is not going that route. They are not for it anymore. They've been um, decampaigning it, so to speak, in, in the press. Um, last weekend, I spoke to Ambassador Simpi Mubako, who observed the elections in Kenya in 20, the, 2013. Yeah, the 2013 Kenyan elections, and he um, he explained how the process went with BVR that in Kenya, and he outlined some of the problems that they faced in terms of some places didn't have electricity, and basically his whole argument was it's a great system, we should we should um, use it, but we should use it once we are certain that it's been tested correctly, because if it fails in one constituency or in one ward then it jeopardizes the validity of the entire election. So um, I don't think that's the reason why government doesn't want to use it anymore, but that is seems to be the case that BVR is out. So I don't know. So, so I mean, obviously, like my, my understanding is that it's, it's, it's a much more difficult system to manipulate um, and uh, particularly to keep secret. Um, in terms of being what's the shenanigans that have happened with the voters' role in the past, so obviously that's why they don't they don't want it. Um, but is that why the narrow demo then happened? I mean, you're on the ground. Is that why the narrow demo didn't happen uh, because they've been decampaigning it, or is it still in the uh, the narrow is a little bit two steps behind um, and uh, uh, demonstrating against? government takeover of the process or the government's refusal of, 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 you know, this funding or this application for funding that the UNDP had offered. Um, because I think that's what you were saying is that, you know, the, the government has refused to accept the money or, 
or they've taken over the tender process or they've somehow interjected themselves into a situation that seemed to have been um, sorted previously. Yeah, so I think that uh, Nera at this stage still believes that government is going to buy the BVR machines and they don't want government to, you know, to buy these machines. They don't want government, they want the UNDP to, to, to buy the machines. Um, but government seems to be abandoning that whole whole thing. So yeah, I think you might say that they're two steps behind. But at the end of the day, though, they're still pushing for electoral reforms. So the demonstration... Um, especially after the meeting they had yesterday, which was Tuesday, with Zek, uh, where Justice Makarau, you know, locked herself in the boardroom or wherever it was, and or she locked them out of the room and she cancelled the meeting. Uh, BVR was meant to be one of the agenda points for that meeting, and it was taken off. And then she said they're acting in bad faith. They complained that you know you've taken off one of the key points of this meeting so they walked out and it was just this whole thing so i think it's been building up this tension um that's been building up and the demonstration was was definitely coming um yeah but the demonstration was called even before this meeting had had failed and fallen apart wasn't it yeah it was so um, the issue the issue for the demonstration was on bvr that government has taken over the process of purchasing the BVR systems, which Nera doesn't want, because they assume that so, the contract will go to Nikov. You, you know, you know what I like. You know what I liked about the fact that that, that meeting happened before the um, the demonstrations is is one of the the, the criticisms that um, people always give uh, my demonstrations and my demonstrator and my activists is, oh no, why don't you engage the government? Why don't you sit down and talk to them? Why have you tried sitting down and talk to them? And in this case, there's a clear instance of there being an attempted dialogue and and um, you know from the tweets and from um, some journalists that were there it seems that justice makarao was the first one to walk out um by accusing the politicians for acting in bad faith and um you know basically she ended the meeting prematurely before they had even really had time to voice their concerns uh so it's interesting you know for once you know they can you can use the, you can't use the excuse here because you were white and they engage because they certainly did engage and then they were treated uh, this way but in, in i don't know man i don't know how you see justice makarao's position she's in a very tough position of course but i don't know if she understands that you know professionally she's got a professional legacy that you know i would have liked to see untainted by these things but right now whatever happens in 2018 um however that 2018 goes uh, at least as far as the international reputation, um, you know, passed outside the confines of SADAC, I think it's pretty much ruined um, because she's the scapegoat for all these, um, you know, Zanu mechanizations, in my opinion. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. I she, mean, she, she, she really is in trouble. Whatever happens post, um, if the regime is no longer there to take care of her post, um, post Mugabe or post 2018, um, she's really in a in a in a crock of uh, problems in a in a pile of uh, poop. Um, <laughs> I'm not like I, I'm not the Zim Tea Party guy. I'm not going to, <laughs> to get into into anything stronger than that. But um, I mean, what do you think? Is she a scapegoat or I mean, she's uh, a, a card carrying member and she knows exactly what she's doing? I think she's in a very difficult position in the sense that this is the first time that Zek is, you know meant to be an independent body before the voters role was from Mudede's office and he'd be there you know uh, at 
calling out the election results and all those things. But now you have ZEC, which is attempting to establish itself as an independent body. But also in attempting to establish itself as an, as an independent body, it has to deal with the fact that its funding comes from the government, right? So even if ZEC wants to buy the BVR systems by itself, it has to, you know, wait for treasury. If it wants to go to the UNDP, then the government will say that, but we are a sovereign nation and we have um, the resources to fund ZEC. So you going to the UNDP is, uh, a, is similar to calling us a failed state, which the government is not going to do, right? It's not going to allow itself to be in that position. So I think Justice Makarao dealing with the politics of the post that she's in uh, it can be quite difficult. And you're right in the sense that whatever happens in 2018, the spotlight is on her because the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission is the one that is supposed to be handling elections in this country. But she is also dealing with a government that is not pliant. And it's, 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 it's one of those situations where you then ask, well, should she then just resign um, if she can't, you know, handle it? How does she handle my demands of the opposition parties uh, juxtaposed with what is coming from the government side and the pressures that government is pushing? It's, 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 I, I don't know how I can, um, I don't want to make excuses for her and say that, you know, she's maybe that she's not, that she's innocent, but I can definitely uh, understand that the position she's in is not an easy one to be in for anybody, I don't think. Yeah, I think, I mean, complicitly, I think in this situation in this country and with how high the stakes are, if you're, if you're anything but, for me at least, um, and I know it's not black and white, but anything but, but, but open rebellion is some, for, some form of complicity, uh, um, you know, in, in, in what's happening. But we're going, you know, moving forward so much from, from, from Rita's role um, some of our, I'm just reading, yeah, because I have my computer in front of me. Some of Nera's demands include that um, Zek itself be disbanded and, um, you know, this, the process be put under some international, you know, uh, organization. First of all, from what I'm seeing, they don't say the UN, they don't say they want the UN to administer the elections. They say an international organization. Um, I think their preference would be SADC or the AU. Um, with international oversight. Um, people are saying the UN, people who are saying the UN obviously want to make it seem like well, boys, uh, people, boys who are out to their donors or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't think anyone in this current state and given Zim's, Zim's position can really call for the UN. Um, we're not at war yet. <laughs> we're not at war, so we don't need the UN to, to be administering our elections. Um, so, yeah, anyway, all this led up to my, all this led to this to the demos today did you go down and see them i didn't i was uh very much in the office um uh trying to you know make money for zim papers um i'll just leave it at that but um <laughs> i i did i yeah, did isn't Zimbabwe funded by the government? So no, the no, no. Money no. So actually, Zimbabwe is a is a listed company. Um, we have to, uh, as our general manager always likes to remind us, we have to eat what we kill. So Zimbabwe taxpayers, hey, uh, we're not like um, uh, 
Oh, uh, Edward Duke is from the Tendai Beach School of Economics. <laughs> we are not we are not like uh you know nzichi company ya mkwasha hiyo um eh Zimbabwe. Uh, <laughs> but I'm right. no speaking on the demos. Bro, bro, I and that's what, um yeah so on the demonstrations i i didn't i just uh caught some of it on on social media and you know it's i think it was for the first demo of the year it is right um i think it was quite a decent or reasonable turnout i don't know how some people in 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 in, in our politics and beyond group on whatsapp have uh deemed it a flop I don't know how you classify a demonstration of flop if you have one person come and they demonstrate you know they've demonstrated what the purpose of what they is want it, to it, do is they've done it but I suppose in terms of did you get the masses all however many million people live in Harare to come out onto the streets no of course not um but there were people there and they managed to get whatever message they want out there were people um pastor e was live on facebook live there were people tweeting about it there were people you know sharing and of course it's already started videos and you know messages have already started circulating on whatsapp and stuff like that so from that perspective yeah uh they i think they achieved what they wanted to achieve uh there were some statements i think i might be able to pull up the one the one interesting one where it's uh Mm, yeah so I, I think i think yeah that. i think well yeah exactly so maybe that's an unintended consequence i don't know if no i don't i don't think that was planned um but you know you had mutasa sangirai um uh the leader of uh Sifisio, I'm, I'm forgetting what the last name is of mm, anundoka also sitole. in uh, sitole endorsed sangirai as well do you have it there now uh yeah i've got the i've got the mutasa one let me play it Yeah, so that was um, Didmas Mutasa, who I think is the interim leader of Zim People First. I don't know, um, endorsing hey. Morgan Tsvangirai for president or leader of the coalition, whichever, the, whatever the case might be. Um, and yeah, so he did. Um, Tendai Beats also spoke. Um, there's a video. There's a video of him there. He doesn't endorse Tsvangirai, but. He stresses like he did in our in our previous episode the need for for unity or batana. Um so I think there are, you know, numbers aside, the demo got two things across that there's a convergence, an increased convergence in opposition or there's a there's like well, people are closer to a coalition than they've ever been. 
Um, and it also, you know, registered discontent uh, for this uh, ZEC, uh, this BVR thing. Uh, in Zongo, I think that for me is enough as uh, to, to deem it a success. Uh, I don't know what anyone else says about numbers and, and things like that. Like, uh, like in the group, we had this conversation about opposition politics being dead, about um, the numbers not being there, people needing to go back to the grassroots. And um, I think what we need to avoid um, in our discourse these days, and I'm also guilty of it, is it's no longer black and white. Is You know, things aren't mutually exclusive. You know, politicians can need to go back to the grassroots. At the same time, you know, you can say that it wasn't a flop. So, you know, it's no, it's no longer binary, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, let me cut the opposition some slack and say, first of all, in terms of the demonstration, I was, you know, quite impressed. Might be the word to see that the 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 individuals who came out. So you had the MDCT there, you had PDP, you had, I think I saw Maureen Kademaunga, but she's uh, civil society, or um, uh, you saw, I, I saw, you know, Vamtasa was there. So you had these people come out, which I think, as I said, this is the first demonstration of the year, this is the first call to action, so to speak. And last year there was all this, opposition parties aren't going out, opposition parties this, when... This flag was um, on the come up. There was where the opposition parties, Anata Jamuka and the whole thing. But now it seems opposition parties have, you know, decided or they are coming together and they've um, found a way for them to make sense of what it is that they are doing, what their plans are for the rest of the year. And I think it's just a start. And I think it's very healthy for our uh, democracy in this country is that you need an opposition. I've said this, I've stressed this in previous episodes, is that you need an active opposition. So it's great to see um, that they've taken this step. What we want to see is what's going to happen going forward. So for example, um, I'm pretty darn sure that this BVR system thing is a no. So you want to see how the opposition parties are going to get their demands met. Will they go to SADC? Will they go to the AU? Um, How are they going to navigate this situation where the government, which has assumed responsibility to buying these machines, is not going to put the money out? So that's that's what I want to see is where do they then take, where do they take it from this first step? And it's great that a first step has been taken. Yeah, I think um, about about them actually getting their demands met. It's really about, you know, what's going to happen, at least in my, my opinion, is that, uh, and what's happened in, in other elections is, as the election gets closer, these things are going to ramp up while people are simultaneously campaigning. The AU and SADC and uh, UN are going to have to take notice that, oh, Zimbabwe is going to an election because the media cycles, as you've seen, and we're about to get onto it. And now I think, you know, hard talk is getting more and more Zimbabweans on. And I'm sure as we get closer to the elections, you know, the news cycle and Zimbabwe's election is going to be one of the biggest um uh, you know, elections on the continent, I think after Kenya. Um, people are going to have, keeping an eye on what's happening. That is necessarily going to force, um, you know, local politicians, um, regional politicians, to want to do something. Um, you know, there's the pressure of what happened in Gambia. Um, 
you know, people like Anakama in, in, in Botswana are likely to, to be putting some type of pressure on not only the Zimbabwean government, or, but on regional institutions like SADC. Um, so you might see a situation where there might be some form of intervention and you will see limited um, electoral reforms before the election uh, to appease some of these, uh, these, these regional, um, regional blocks and international pressures. And I think it started now, but it's only going to get more and more. I, I look back to, to period YAHENU, um, you know, they're going to want to avoid another situation where that intervention is needed. Um, so they're going to say, no, look, for us to be able to declare the election free and fair, we need you to, to sort of give us at least some nominal or superficial changes. Um, and then what the opposition has to do is take those superficial changes, however insufficient, and and to really work hard. Um, because that failing, if, they, if, if that doesn't happen, if they don't work hard and if they don't win, uh, I think we're stuck with another five years uh, of uh, our non-Nigerian. Um, so my, well, my thing is what, what, what happens if nothing happens? If, you know, the government, you know, sinks its heels in, if, uh, Rita Makarau over at Zek is, you know, just as, um, subservient as she seems to be, and she just does nothing. Will the opposition parties all, however, 40, whatever, many of them decide that, you know, no election, um, no reforms, no election. That's something they've been saying. Um, what then happens? It's it's just. I, I think I think it's it's something that it's an ultimatum that I think they need to make clear um, sooner rather than later, because at least yeah. if, if 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 in your campaigning you're making this ultimatum of you know what it is clear, then people will know. If you wait. Uh, and you could wait until you know three, four months before the election or whatever it is, and then things the whole the water's muddy and people don't know what to do, and another election is lost. So I don't know how they're going to deal with this situation, but it will be interesting to see what happens as we move closer towards 2018. You, so you you see you see I need to get a quick a quick nuance position yeah, yeah no reforms no election um no reforms no election is is not a boycott right they're not saying if we don't get reforms we're not going to participate what i understand from no reforms no election is if there's no reforms we're going to make it possible for you to hold an election can you see the slight difference there no i get it but the question is in what way like how what is the what is what are the yeah, means yeah, that is going to, because those those are certain things that your constituents need to be clear about. Um, you can't. Yeah. It's it's very nice on paper to say it. The rhetoric the rhetoric is great, but if you're not actionable, then I'm telling you, you'll have maybe even Noah Manika if he decides he's not part of the coalition or whoever it is, uh, put their name on the ballot. You could have Egypt Zinem Nenza. And it will be a two-horse race between uh, <laughs> Robert people, Mugabe and Egypt. Why do people always Egypt use Egypt as, as an example? Uh, well, because he's run as a presidential candidate before. <laughs> Kisnot Mkwaji could come back from wherever he's hiding to put his name on the ballot as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, no, I think, I think you know, what, what, 
what's the, the, the main point is under Egypt, and I kiss not, uh, they won't legitimize an election. And uh, you've gone dead again. Uh, hello? Yeah, your you backup. Yeah, yeah, your backup. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, I was saying, let's go back to two thousand and eight because there's some sort of uh, parallels, and maybe I'm superstitious, but I think the ten years some lessons will be learned. In the in the case of of Mugabe running without a, a, a major coalition or a major opposition figure, and by major I mean, um, you know, the names we all know: Makoni, um, Moyo, Kosana uh, Moyo, that is, BT Tsangirai, or ETC or Mujuru, then they're going to run and you win, but it won't be a legitimate election. And what will then happen is it will be very difficult, particularly near, near how difficult things, or how things, how bad things are getting um, in terms of the currency crisis. It'll be very difficult for him to to run legitimately um, to run the country. So maybe you know, space but it's so mercenary and it's so cruel to the people of Zimbabwe for the opposition parties because the people that really suffer in a situation like that are the Zimbabweans. And then you sort of have a situation where, you know, they might turn around and be angry at opposition uh, for the suffering that they're being subjected to by a government, a ZANU government that's trying to run the country without illegitimization. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, this is the first demo. I know that the Electoral Reform Commission, ERC, is holding a discussion tomorrow, or which will be Thursday. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it should have happened. Uh, Ruveneko Live will be there, so it will be on her on Ruveneko's live page. So even if you miss it, you can go there and, and check it out and see what the conversation is there about. It's going to be about BVRs, you know, the myths, the truths, the the lies, all all to do with PVR, which is, you know, biometric voter registration for a new voter's role, not biometric voting or whatever that people might want to think. Um, but from the demo today, one noticeable absent absentee was um, my Mujuru. I don't know if she's back from the UK. That might actually be why she wasn't. Why she wasn't? She, she's probably probably still reeling from that hard talk interview. I don't know why the is it. <laughs> uh, St- Stephen Sacco was was quite brutal. Huh? He wasn't brutal. She just was. She's just poor. Uh, yeah, Maybe. actually, yeah, I think so too. I think she's just poor. I've, uh, she's, I've, you know. A good a good journalist and a good interviewer is is a bully. It's not a podcast where you're coming to have a discussion. It's an interview. That's true. That's it's true. It's adversarial. No, the thing is, ah. for me, is I don't get why, you know, she's even a factor when it comes to the coalition because, you know, she claims to have people and she claims to have you know the people want me, but I I don't buy it. Like that was just a absolutely poor performance she had no answers she there's certain things she should be able to answer now and i think she has a very terrible pr team because everywhere she goes the first question that she's going to get is you were in zanupia for 34 years what makes you different today that question is never not going to come and i used a double negative because it's the only way to express um how how this question is always going to be there she should have a better answer than I was I was trying to reform from within and 
what was the other one um yes i was there but the people know me they know me they know the good works that i did when i was a minister you were a minister and you tried to block strive masiwa from opening a telecommunications company in this country first of all we forgave her for for none of the good works that she's done at least opposition parties seem to have done that but she can't then claim to have any good work ana kana achieve one kana one program in 50 years that you can point to and say my mjuru does that kana one so I, this is the thing is that i don't get it like these are questions that are always going to come the the gukuraundi is another question that's always going to come and she pleads ignorance she says i was in cabinet but i did not know your husband was the leader of the army he was the army general and you did not know well you know maybe no, they did but, uh, maybe, to look, be maybe, fair she, to be fair she, to be fair to be fair uh, to her if um if people don't know what we're referring to um uh, uh, my majuru one she was in london i think last week um gave an interview with steven sacco on on bbc's hard talk i think you can find the interview on bbc's iplayer but i'm sure by now some enterprise in zimbabwe has put it on on youtube um so just have a look at that but to be fair that her answer about um about her husband being the head of the army is that yeah, was fair I, i think in my own opinion that was a, a reasonable answer in saying guti everyone knows fifth brigade didn't operate within the normal confines of of the army hierarchy and structure it operated directly under the president's office um so in, in that way you can't say my husband uh, at least in terms of an answer to give it may not be true but to give an answer you can't say that any of the army hierarchy knew about what fifth brigade was doing because they operated under the president personally fair enough i i i can concede to that one but you have muramba china you have other incidents where she was in vice she was the vice president and from what it seems she was a ceremonial vice president who had no authority no power so i don't know what good works she speaks of when she was a minister or when she was whatever it was because she clearly just went to cabinet to sit there because she had no decision making authority she had nothing that she could contribute um and this is a person who wants to be president i don't buy it she doesn't inspire anything in me if she were to run as a candidate i'd actually think she'd make things worse uh hopefully she has good people around her but you know uh, let me not call out I think let me not I call think... out anyone because they we might want to get them on here and then i can call them out in person <laughs> I I think I think why she's 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 wanted in the coalition is that she's the most tangible and direct to maybe a disgruntled Zanu uh, base. Uh you know people are always accusing opposition of not being not going to the grassroots. She 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 she, she you know my Mujuru can 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 move quite freely in any constituency in this country. Um I think that's a fact and that's something that will not change. Um Also she has money. Let's not forget Animari Mbigaes. She's got money. She and claims she doesn't. She into her as a coalition. <laughs> I please. She <laughs> with all the looting that uh, her and uh, her late husband did you scheme they don't have money. Uh, uh, by she, scheme I mean think. And <laughs> she said don't understand. She said what did she say? She said that those things didn't happen. Um Churu Chamujuru uh, in Chiadzo was a joke. that the people they had because she was running horticulture programs right next to where they were mining diamonds but coincidentally 
So, 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 my mood would have us believe that she was growing tomatoes <laughs> in the middle of Chia's was diamond field. I mean, yeah, no, that's right. Yes, that's right. She was growing, to, she was growing tomatoes and pumpkins right next to where they were mining diamonds. Yeah, I mean, look, she's she's a she's a mold of politician. I mean, obviously, notwithstanding her doctorate, so now we have to question how she got that doctorate. Um, you know, we can contrast her and compare her her performance on on Art Talk um, to um, Minister Walter Mzembe, um, Minister Edlage, who's um, also then was on BBC Hard Talk and had a you know. He danced. Um, he's a young politician, and he obviously has very quick feet and he's quick-witted around every single question that he got. Um, but he definitely gave a much better performance um, than, in my opinion, than um, my Mujuru did. He, I don't know what you think. Yeah, he did. Um, he was on with uh, Sarah Montague, so not uh, Stephen Sacco. I think Stephen Sacco is a bit, you know, um, he's a he's a bit more. Yeah, I think I think he'd he'd have given um, Honorable Mzembe a, a harder time, but you know, he still got tough questions posed to him, and I think he handled himself. He was prepared. You could see that he had answers for the questions before the questions were even done, um, and they were quite clear. He expressed himself straightforward. Um, he didn't mince his words. So I think that was uh, his performance was great. What he gave was the party rhetoric. So we um, in Zimbabwe will all, you know, we'll listen to it and roll our eyes, some of us, um, because, you know, some of the things you know that, well, that's not how the situation is. One of the biggest talking points for me was where he alluded to the fact that the bond note might be devalued to the value of the rand now this is not a fact please don't go out there and you know say that politics and beyond told us that the bond notes going to be devalued to the rand um but he's 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 advocated for us to adopt the rand he said it on the show um he said he brought it up in cabinet and his point was squashed um but he believes you know market forces will speak for themselves and eventually we're going to have to devalue the bond note to the value of the rand. So that was one interesting what, talking no, point. What, but what he but what he what he said um you know to get a little bit more economical or or economical that's not even the correct word but I'm trying to sound smart. Um <laughs> um he said that for us to adopt the rand we're going to need our own units or our own currency, our own method of exchange internally. And then we can peg that unit of exchange to the rand. So before the, the the pegging of the bond note to the rand, the bond note then has to become accepted as the Zimbabwean currency. And what he's saying is that it's already happening and we're already... So basically, pegging the bond note to the rand is actually a mild story. What he's actually said is that the Zim dollar is coming back in the form 
In fact, he even goes, I think if, if we had the clip to play, he actually says, I don't know whether you call it a baller, I don't know whether you call it a Zim dollar, I don't know whether you call it a bond note, but it's going to become the Zim dollar, effectively. And that's for me, is actually the more frightening thing but, than pegging it to the Rams. But we spoke about this in our episode with Chris Chenga when bond notes were introduced, and Chris Chenga said to us, this is a Zimbabwean currency. So we have not been under any um, illusion that, but I suppose, but, but I suppose that, for for a, for a for a government official to come out and state something like that is a serious um, position. Yeah, yeah. I think it's is it not one of those cases where you know the right hand is not speaking to the left hand, or 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 you know. Um, because uh, it always seems as, China, as if Chinamasa is always the last person to be informed about uh, uh, economic policy and financial policy in this country. But the thing is, we've noticed the trend in our government is that um, ministers seem to speak out of turn a lot. You have ministers, Professor Moyo, for example, who will go on Twitter and he will almost criticize government policy, which uh, you've seen... Um, Infighting between the Minister of Indigenization, uh, Honorable Joao, and Honorable Chinamasa over the indigenization of banks. These are things that we've seen. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Minister Mzembi is speaking out of turn and things get reversed or things happen. Because it's, it's something that we've seen in our government. Our government, the cabinet itself, has a lot of disorganization. Uh, we've spoken about it again on this show where... It's not good for the image of the government. It makes them look very disorganized. It makes them look very um, disjointed. It makes them look weak. It would go fight behind your cabinet doors. Go speak about these things. But when you come out to the public, at least speak with one voice. Whether your voice is against what people want or whatever it is, at least show some sort of consistency where you are all saying the same thing. Yeah, no, Chris, I I agree with you, but I also like your 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 your, and I'm sorry to to use the word your naivete that um, the, the Zimbabwean government currently has a, a good image to protect. Um, or, or no, no, like no, that. no. Listen, but, listen. Uh, I'm not no, saying. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm not saying. No, I agree with you. <laughs> what whatever's left of their image, at least have 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 a little bit of dignity. I mean, you can't then just everyone is out there fighting and doing whatever. Guys, these these guys have no no dignity, and it can be evidenced by the fact that this person that we're saying was a, was a top performer, uh, uh, Mr. Mzembi, to move on to our next point. We're saying he's a top performer. We're saying he's our, our second to be our candidate um, to the UNWTO to become Secretary General of the UNWTO, um, and we seem to have it on good authority. Uh, that you know, he, he goes around calling himself an engineer, but he does not hold an engineering degree. Uh, you know, he, he has honorary doctorates from online universities, uh, which he hasn't finished paying for. And uh, you know, in my short life of 27 years, I, I don't think you know you pay for an honorary degree because it's an honor, uh, you know. and so, but, you know, but that's that's the type of person that we're saying performed well. That's the type of person that this government is seconded to 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 challenge for the UNW, the United Nations World Tourism Organization, to be Secretary General of it. Um, 
a whole government minister with fake qualifications. I, I, I wonder how many of our PhD holders are actually PhD holders. Uh, you know, I think I think there needs to be an audit in, in terms of the PhDs. I mean, certainly we know that um, Dr. Amai Mugabe um, is a doctor of nothing besides nonsense. Um, she has a doctorate from the University of Zimbabwe. Please. Which she got over, she got over the telephone. Um, because in no way in the world do you, do you submit a thesis in less than nine months. Um, you can't even give birth to a living human, a child. Let alone <laughs> you want to give, a, give birth to a PhD in, in less than nine months. <laughs> All I know is um, the University of Zimbabwe awarded her with a PhD. Um, look, at the same look, time okay, as you know, Dr. Very, Mujuru it's, it's, as, it's, surprisingly. And you know what, I'm also now starting to question Dr. Mujuru's PhD. Because from... These interviews, guys, and I mean, you know, if she did do the work, and you know, God bless her soul, and I'm, 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 maybe she did the work, um, or she got someone else to do it, but eh, those are not the answers of a PhD holder, guys. Uh, but look, there, there, there's a, there's a pool of them. You have um, Doctor Philip Chiangwa, and shout out to him hey, and his actually, and his victory in in. in <laughs> So, disposing so, so, the dictator. On, <laughs> let, let's 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 talk on Philip Chiango. He, he comes back to Zimbabwe and he says, "Yeah, we dispose the dictator." Um, you know, Ayesa Hayatu. For those, is how do you say his name? Hayatu. Yeah, Isa Hayatu. Isa Hayatu has been at um was at the head of uh the Confederation of African Football for since 1980 something for like 22 um, years, I think it is, or more. Yeah. So so Dr. Philip Chiango. Um, Led a coup, uh, a palace coup, um, in as far as he got a new candidate uh, to win. Um, Ahmed Ahmed, um, for those that don't know, it's a little background. So anyway, he comes back to Zimbabwe and this man is standing at the airport, scareless as ever. Um, Philip Chiangwa, Dr. Philip Chiangwa at his flying best. And he says, yes, I was the campaign manager and I removed the dictator. And, you know, I'm so proud of how I removed the dictator. But I would like to thank Mugabe for allowing me to remove that dictator. <laughs> I, I think these people don't understand, you know, irony because fiction is truly is, life is truly stranger than fiction. Kuti, you're thanking the longest service president in on the continent, if not the world, um, removing another long-standing. Well, he's uh, not the longest serving on power. the continent. There's there's guys who have been, you know, um, but he is the oh, oldest Mugabe. president. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what I meant for oldest president. There's, there's what's his name um, from that side of the from there's, from the Gambia. There's Nguyema in Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, and Paul Bia how, and how, Dos Santos as well. Oh, but, Bia, that's the one. That's yeah. the one I was thinking of. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, the doctor Chiangwe is also another doctor. Wells. Um, um, doesn't AC uh, have I a doctorate? <laughs> Yeah, he's got it. He's got an honorary. He's been calling himself Doctor AC. Um, Wait, AC actually six, has an six. honorary doctorate. Yeah, from the Arana Institute of Philanthropy, the same one that gave Tuku his doctorate, isn't it? That gave who? Oh, Tuku. Yeah, but I think all of them Tuku's has got other ones, but he's also been given one locally by this 
human rights. I don't know. It's, it's some funny. Um, I would Google. I would Google AC's bio, but I'm. I'm I really couldn't be bothered. I think I think we need to now get AC onto the show and and ask him some questions. But oh yeah, certainly. Uh, he responded to your calls. He's he's resurfaced. He has um, actually. Yeah, he has. I've seen him. You know, now he's he's posting. He's part of the Tea Party. Um, he's been seen with Doctor Manika. He's called out. Is he part of the Tea Party? I was under the impression that he were, him and Kudo and um, were beefing. So apparently that was a, a fake post uh, on the Lumumba. The Lumumba playbook is a is a fake account. It doesn't belong to him because he's been commenting oh. on the Tea Party. Yeah, and um, they I believe they met Doctor Mani uh, Noah Manika together um, on the day that you know that they met, which was last can, week. I think. Can I can I say I've I've met Doctor Manika as well, um, and I quite like him. He's quite affable, but. People shouldn't hype this man up, eh? He's in for a big surprise. He's uh, on this flag. This flag Thursdays? Tomorrow? Or the day, the yeah. day after that? Uh, tomorrow, yeah, Thursday. Um, so we'll see what he has to say. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll also try bring him on here and, and hear what Build Zimbabwe is all about and whether his PhD is a real PhD. Ah, no, no, this one I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's a very likable, likable guy, and um, you have to respect that he's on, he's making, he's working, um, he's working. Um, that being said, that uh, he, he needs to be open to the idea of, 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 of a one-horse or two-horse race in in this coming election, um, because otherwise, you know, his his two percent or whatever percent can be the same as Simba Makoni's eight percent in previous elections. I think, yeah, we're um, gonna use it, it stops it stops the um, the 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 forty nine uh, fifty plus one percent that's needed for outright victory. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens, how. As polit- as political parties now start to engage each other and their constituents, how we move forward as we progress towards 2018. Uh, today was you, quite you, a clear highlight that you know the the game is now begun. I think we can officially state that the game March, has begun. The game has begun. Zanu PF has been playing the game since Kudara, but now opposition parties now seem to. They've got their boots on and they're ready to run onto the field, or they have what, run onto what, the field. What would you think? What would you think of, uh, um, like what, uh, like what? Uh, I don't know if you, for those who don't watch um, this Tea Party videos, of a primary race of opposition candidates to decide who the final candidate is, <laughs> or is it a waste of resources and it will lead to divisions? Do you know what? I don't know how you'd go about it. Um, in terms of resourcing it, in terms of how you run such a, a a project, but I think it's something that the opposition parties themselves are going to have to mobilize, um, you know, amongst themselves. Really, the main candidates you're looking at, in terms of numbers at least, is MDC, uh, Zim People First na- slash National People's what Party whatever, and PDP. Um. Everyone else, 
ana Elton Mangoma um ana Marcelina I don't think they have you know maybe and uh, Walshman Ngube as well um MDC MDC uh everyone else I don't see them having a strong enough base for them to convince their voters to say that you know um it's to go into the coalition and and try to dictate terms you're going to have to go with the people with the numbers because if they don't support you then there's no way you're getting in and as i said mdct yeah. number 1 in terms of numbers so it's going to be about four four people maybe and amongst themselves then they're just going to have to decide how best they're going to deal with that situation do you know do you know what i would do can you hear me yeah i can hear you i would i would want a situation where a coalition um is is run and people are, are, are we have already have a shadow cabinet in place um so that when the coalition is announced you announced you'd say for example you're having you know Welshman Mube as president or Dumisa Dabengo as president um you know Morgan Changere as as vice president or uh you know Michael Pierce as vice president and then you say oh we've got you know uh, Simba Makoni as minister of finance or Nkusana Moyo as minister of industry and you already have a shadow cabinet led, led leading up to the elections so you can say to the people these are the people we already have ready to move our country forward so as soon as we win we're starting on day one and we're going straight there and we're running and we're moving this country forward and you need to mix ana ana shingi muyeza you know your muyeza makambas whoever is interested these industrialists whoever is interested you need to throw them somewhere your technocrats your your engineers you need the, to throw them tokenistically inside there so that for the people you are saying look this is our coalition this is our team and we're we're campaigning together but more importantly we're ready to govern from today because we already have you know today bt is is got the portfolio of finance he's not campaigning for president he's campaigning for finance ministry so as soon as we win he's going straight into that ministry and starting his job so we're already ready on the ground We'll see what happens, you know. I hope they're listening to your suggestion. I hope they're listening to suggestions from, you know, the people they expect to vote for them for them and uh whatever it yeah. is. Um but yeah, I yeah. think our running time and you're going to shout at me. <laughs> our running time is 54 minutes, so I think we need to cut it uh, right here. <laughs> no, we can cut we can cut it with uh, there's some thank you guys. Um always good uh catching up and you've been listening uh to politics on beyond on capital 263 uh, who are you <laughs> uh, yeah yeah my name is uh, Christopher Farai Charamba you can catch me on uh, at Chris Charamba on all social media and yeah I'm at Henry BT on Twitter uh, and Facebook and yeah um I'm away gallivanting but I'm 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 around and yeah yeah we had to, to say it we had to do this uh, via whatever kind of technologies um facetime uh hopefully it comes out sounding proper but uh thanks for listening uh yeah as you said free to say it free to do it peace uh, yes yep and now, and now. capital 263